Hello and welcome back to the Being Forces Friendly podcast. In season two, we sit down with experts from the armed forces, government and business to discuss engaging with defence and the mutual benefits that come from it. Welcome back to the Being Forces Friendly podcast. I'm Kate Lowell, host for today's episode. I'm one of three regional employer engagement directors based in the southeast, working with local businesses, organisations and charities supporting defence. Today I'm going to be talking to three blue light organisations to ask why they signed the Arms Forces Covenant and find out how it has helped them to develop the services they provide while benefiting their recruitment programme. Buckinghamshire Fire and Rescue Service, South Central Ambulance Service and Thames Valley Police are all Gold Employer Recognition Scheme award holders. So please can I ask you to introduce yourselves? Yeah, hi Kay, it's uh, Sean Cunningham, Group Commander, um, Head of Operational Training and Assurance from Buckinghamshire Fire and Rescue Service. Hi Kay, my name's Laura Farrow and I'm the Senior Recruitment Advisor here for South Central Ambulance Service. Hi Kay, my name's Stuart Bosley, I'm a Detective Superintendent in Thames Valley Police. So welcome to the podcast and thank you for giving up your time today. Firstly, I would like to congratulate Sean and his colleagues at Buckinghamshire Fire and Rescue Service on being awarded a Gold Employer Recognition Scheme Award at the start of this week and to South Central Ambulance Service on being revalidated for its Gold Award status for a further five years. A great achievement. So moving back to the Arms Forces Covenant and for anyone who might not have heard about it before, It's not a legal document, but it is a public declaration made up of pledges showing how the signatory intends to support those who serve or have served in the armed forces and their families and ensure that they're treated fairly in their day to day lives and are not disadvantaged when accessing public commercial services. An example of this would be when an armed forces personnel are posted overseas, most are now able to keep the motor insurance no claims bonus and wouldn't have to pay cancellation fees. So, Stuart, can I start with you? and ask why it is important for Thames Valley Police to sign the Arms Forces Covenant. Yeah, sure. So it's important for us for a number of reasons, really. I mean, I suppose the first one is if we look internally, we're a fairly big organisation with around um, 10,000 people, both officers and staff in a variety of roles. So it's important for us as a kind of demonstration of our commitment to our own staff. We've got a number of reservists, veterans, and people who take an active interest in the Armed Forces. So it's really important internal kind of marker for us. I think secondly, it's really important because of the the area we serve. So we police, we're we're the biggest non-metropolitan police force in the country. So we police Berkshire, Buckinghamshire and Oxfordshire. And each of those areas has its own kind of armed forces communities. So we've got RAF Bryce Norton, RAF Benson, number of barracks at Vista and of course the household division at Windsor. So we've got a number of our kind of own internal armed forces communities that we engage with regularly and work with on a number of projects and operations and things. So that's the second thing. I think probably lastly, of course, externally, we've got a massive community in the Thames Valley footprint, around about 2.3 million people. A number of those are veterans. We don't know exactly how many, but there are a significant number we believe are veterans. And of course, uh, we interact with those people in a number of different ways on a daily basis, whether that be as victims of crime, whether it be responding to someone in crisis, or whether on the, on some occasions, whether it be um, reacting to someone as a suspect. So we, our officers and our staff come into contact with those people on a daily basis. So For those three reasons, really, it's really important that we pay heed to the Armed Forces Covenant and use it as a kind of guide to how we go about our business. Okay, so if perhaps you come across a veteran um, who might be needing support, uh, who and where do you go for that help? 
Uh, there's a couple of places, really. I mean, firstly, we have our own internal network of armed forces champions. So there are people kind of dotted around the organization. Generally, they're ex-armed forces themselves. Not, not always, but generally ex-armed forces who take a really keen interest in supporting anyone connected with the armed services. Uh, so they can, they can offer the support themselves uh, and are very proactive individuals, in my experience. But probably secondary and perhaps maybe arguably more importantly, we have a quite well-established partnership now with SAFA, an armed forces charity who offer various different levels and type of support, depending on how we come into contact with that person. Uh, and we've been working with them for um, around about four or five years now. And we have a number of different referral pathways into SAFA and there's a number of different support mechanisms that they can utilise to, to help people that we come into contact with. Sean, how does that work in Buckinghamshire Fire and Rescue Service? Um, do you have, say, colleague or colleagues who would perhaps know where to access that help for veterans and their families and perhaps those who are especially struggling and are vulnerable? Yeah, Kate, obviously, as you know, we, we get out and about in the community a lot. And signing the Armed Forces Covenant allowed us to make it a part of our people's strategy which almost gives us a guarantee that, you know, we will support our forces community. So, so because of the veterans walking centers that we run at fire stations, uh, it's widely known now because the crews assist with walking centers, it's widely known of, of the support that walking centers can give. So we do, we do such things as safe and well visits, which used to be all about just putting smoke detectors up, but we do a lot more than now and where we, we refer to partner agencies. We've now got a system in place where we refer them to armed forces champions who can then refer back to our partners of courage who we work, who work, work the walking centers with. Uh, and then if they think there's a, a, another referral somewhere else and that they will assist us with that. But yeah, so we can literally, we will now ask the question during our self and well, self, uh, safe and well visits of did you serve? Right. So that, that's really important part of it then, isn't it? So asking that question. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's been a simple fix. And, and by the fact, by signing the Armed Forces Covenant and doing more work within the Armed Forces community, it's, it's across the, you know, the organisation-wide now knows who the Armed Forces champions are and knows that we do, and they all know that we do have a focus on supporting the Armed Forces community. Yeah, so that's, that's a brilliant support there. Um, South Central Ambulance, I, I presume that there are many times when um, you might come into contact with families and also veterans. Um, how do you know, perhaps, if someone uh, you are helping is a veteran, for instance? Really good question, Kate. So for us, it's when our teams are meeting the individuals out in the communities. It may be that people are quite happy to disclose that information to us in our initial contact, or it may just simply be the fact that when we're in people's homes and having a look around their properties as to, to what we can see sort of around within their immediate proximity that there may be things like medals on the wall it may be pictures and that always helps us to start and ignite those conversations a lot of people are really proud to be able to wear their veterans badges so that's something that we can look out for and our own team of military champions have a small badge that they wear when they're out and about in the community, which MOD or former forces would be able to easily identify and recognise. So, yes, they can identify each other then. Absolutely. Yeah. Same colouring. Yeah. Yes. Um, so do you actually ask the question as well? Because we, we've just been hearing about, um, you know, the fire service asking the question and also the police. So did, do you ask the question? We don't specifically ask the question at the moment when we're meeting um, patients so it's not on path our referral pathway however we are really pleased that we are going to be adding um 
the support and referral pathways to our patient database so we're able to access help and support for people who may need it from an armed forces community but actually signpost them in the right direction mm. and make sure that we're making better choices and helping their choices going Lovely. forward okay so between all three of you so would you say that it's you know it's fair to say that since signing the armed forces covenant and being part of the employer recognition scheme you've become more aware of those who serve and have served yeah if i can answer that one okay i think i think it has definitely it's definitely brought it more into focus for us really i mean we've for a number of years now our officers have had um SAFA cards on them so they can go and uh, dish those out to people that they come into contact with uh same in custody um we we automatically give those cards to any veterans we come into contact with but i think probably there's three areas for me that really when when we did our bid kind of focused the minds for us really i mean the first one was around missing people so we have um we obviously deal with um thousands of missing people mm. uh, a year um and i was quite surprised actually how many of those are either serving armed forces members or veterans and and in in those cases there were quite a high number of those cases where the reason they went missing was probably due to their military service due to mm. trauma experience while serving and, and things like that so it kind of really brought that home and we we now ask every missing person have they served and that becomes part of our risk assessment and our kind of support network that we we refer mm. people on should we find someone like that and that's a real um that for me is a real practical way of making a difference because those people really really do need our help mm. um so that's the first one i think the second area i'd like to highlight is our work in custody so it's not just the case of um referring people on to SAFA. we also work with the liaison and diversion services within custody who are um teams of nhs um professionals who assess every detainee and, and look at their needs and look at any specific pathways they might need. Um, and I think it's fair to say that military personnel and veterans have a, a, a very bespoke need, really. So we mm. um, that's another kind of referral path where we've got into to and helping people support, help, helping support people. Um, and I think the other one, which is perhaps slightly different, is, is not focusing on so much the direct um, armed forces community. It's more looking at um, spouses and partners who um, live in our area mm -hmm. so because of those large military bases I talked about a while ago you've got quite a big you've also got a big military contingent but there's quite a, a, a quite a quick throughput of people so some mm. people might be based there for two years or so uh, they then move on but of course those and, and they may find they may find it difficult to, to find employment for that reason or settle down and, and get a stable job one of the reasons one of the things we looked at when we prepared our bid was actually well these people are really generally really well motivated, disciplined, hard workers, mm -hmm. capable, all the kind of things that we would like to get into our organisation. So um, we use um, Forces Family for Jobs to try and really open up that pathway and give those mm. people an opportunity to um, gain employment while also mm -hmm. benefiting the organisation as well. So there's a number of ways, but those three things, probably the missing people, the li liaison or diversion work in custody and the, the spouses and partners are probably the three sort yeah. of real biggest things for me really absolutely no no that's that sounds brilliant um laura's becoming armed forces friendly helped to shape the way that south central ambulance service attracts say veterans reservists and spouses partners to join your organization yeah absolutely and it's really interesting i think over the five the last five years being a military supportive recruiter is absolutely been heightened almost mm -hmm. through the work that we've done with the military but also people's awareness of the work that we've been doing mm. um, and it's really surprising how people talk within the community and people then get in contact with you which has been fantastic word of mouth 
Yeah, definitely. We've always worked really closely with the CTP, but more recently, we've also had the step into health um, through NHS employers and the forces families, as you mentioned as well, their stewards. Mm. So there's more ways of exposure and getting interest into the organisation by getting those jobs out there. And for us, we even ask the question as part of the application process, um, right. but as a positive. So for for us, if mm. you do tick that you are from the armed forces community, if you then go on to meet the minimum requirements of the role that you're applying for, we will offer you a guaranteed interview for the vacancy. So if, if someone was to come to you and be offered the, um, the guaranteed interview, um, do you have perhaps a veteran or someone who is aware of the forces on that panel or able to give some advice? Yeah, so we very much try to, uh, where, as and when available, we will try and ensure yeah. that there's somebody on the panel. Um, if not one of our armed forces community members and somebody from the recruitment department. We also try and offer support. So within our military champion network, if somebody is looking to speak to somebody, maybe not necessarily in preparation for the interview, but just an understanding of the role, the requirements and how their transferable skills can help and align with the role that they're applying for. Our champions are brilliant in just picking up the phone and having a conversation mm. um, and speaking the language. So some mm. of those terminologies are difficult for us to understand mm. um, however they're able to to put it in layman's terms with each other and be able mm. to sell the roles really well and are you able to then provide a little bit of support when they join you when they come through to the organization yeah absolutely mm. if there's any problems or concerns they can join the military champions group themselves and ask questions and liaise and network between colleagues when they're there as well which is really helpful that's brilliant brilliant so awards, uh, we just said at the beginning of the, the podcast that you, you're all gold award holders now, which is excellent. Um, they're always welcome. But do you think that signing the Arms Forces Covenant and now being that gold award holder, has it helped with recruitment, um, say Buckinghamshire Fire and Rescue Service, Sean, for instance? Yeah, Kate, I think, I think even before the gold award, I think just signing the Armed Forces Covenant gave the organisation a bit more focus. People were doing things in silo, maybe, because they're ex-forces and they were helping friends and colleagues. But signing the Armed Forces Covenant, it, it really shows that we are forces for any organisation. There's always been um, a good attraction from ex-forces into all of the public services. And, you know, I think all of us can look back at some of our star performers and go, do you know what, ex-forces, they, mm -hmm. they do bring so much with them as well. Uh, but yeah, definitely. So we, you can you can see it on our website. Uh, it's got an armed forces landing page. Um, we put an advert in Civvy Street magazine. Mm -hmm. um, we're just trying to collate how well that how well that achieves the recruitment. Mm. We've just had a recruitment campaign. I mean, I, I can say that right now that somebody that's come out sort of top of the recruitment campaign, and who we have given some leeway to when they can join us is a serving RAF police officer mm. um, who's not who's unsure. Of his leaving dates, I know sometimes you know they can kind of get a little bit dispensation to come out a little yeah. bit earlier, yeah. a bit later. So we've literally offered, we've, we'd offered, we'd offered that person a job as and when they can join us. If they don't make mm -hmm. the recruits course in October, then mm -hmm. they'll they'll be the recruits course in January. So that's Excellent. A positive, positive action there as well. No, that's brilliant. Um, so, or do you manage to do anything for cadets? Did I hear? Yeah, so that, that's another great one for us. We've engaged with the local cadets around the Owlsbury area at the moment. We hope to extend that out. 
Uh, it just we're just giving them another place to come and drill and basically play with play with <laughs> the fire stuff really mm. and hopefully pique their the interest. Yeah, no, so hopefully pique their interest. So not trying to steal them away from the military by any means, but um again they're 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 they are good youths. I've got some discipline and you know understand teamwork and, and good morals through being in the armed forces cadets. That mm. again it would be it would be a really good story to in four or five years' time, if you know, we had a recruit who says, "Yeah, I used to love the engagement mm. nights uh, else before fire station." Yeah, that'd be fantastic. No, I mean, it was, it's a lovely way of um, showing your partnership working with us, of course. Um, so before lockdown, I understand that um, South Central Ambulance put on a careers fair with CTP, Career Transition Partnership, um, for those who are transitioning out of the arms forces. They were people who were considering obviously joining a blue light service or perhaps they weren't even considering it and they were just interested to go along. Um, how did you find that that worked, Laura? For us, the events that we have and we host um, jointly with the CTP have always been really well received by people that are looking to come and join us um, it's really interesting to to find out exactly how much interest there is and we get quite a lot of email contact in the run-up to the events to sort of say that they'd like to come along but actually when you get the people in front of you there's nothing better they can ask really personable questions they can ask the questions that are important to them Mm. And also they get to have a bit of a look around either one of our stations, like Sean was saying, you can kind of get your hands on some kit, get an idea of what it would actually look like and kind of feel like working mm. for the organisation. I think our staff sell our organisation very well. So giving the people mm. the opportunity to come and spend some time with us, especially where they've got a commonality. So we'll always have somebody that's former forces with us and they can mm. have those conversations and really see how they can fit into the organization um, but you know and that's something that we really want to do more of in the future and it's definitely something that we could maybe combine into those three services hold one event that talk about all three mm. aspects mm. so uh, yeah keep posted on, yes, on that one good, what happens in yes the definitely so what sort of things do you do on those days then if, if you know someone was to come along to one of your events what could they expect so for us it will start with a bit of a formal welcome so we will have an area within the organization where they'll come in we'll have a bit of a chat with them we also go through some powerpoint information so it's information about scars all about our values how the values align with the military values we will then talk about the areas of work um really importantly as Sean mentioned it's not always frontline opportunities for us there's so many other opportunities within the organization so it's really good to be able to highlight those but without spending too long sat in front of a powerpoint presentation mm. we will split the groups up and we will go down into the main garage area and talk about those opportunities available so we've got our specialist areas within the organization our frontline our patient transport service and also our call center opportunities and those corporate vacancies as well um, we kind of mix around so we'll split them into groups we'll then mix around each of the areas all of the stations and then we'll get back together maybe go back up for tea coffee and the opportunity to have those informal conversations and then we'll go through a bit of a recruitment presentation and then how to go on to make an application for the organization normally they're a good couple of hours maybe sort of 10 to 1 um, but it gives people those really heightened opportunities to be able to come in have a bit of a look around have those key conversations and go away knowing what to do next mm -hmm. So what do you think um, are perhaps the greatest challenges when, when people come to your event? So potentially, I 
think maybe in the past we've had um, for us a lot of our operational roles require a specific driving license so you have to have the C1 eligibility on your driver's license and sometimes that can be a little bit of a delay if they haven't got that so that's something that the CTP are able to help and support applicants with so that's fantastic to be able to have the CTP there to be able to talk mm. to them about that um, some of the other the roles that they would like to apply for may not be currently available however when you do speak to service leavers they often have quite a long notice mm. period which mm. is really helpful because whilst the vacancy may not be available straight away when it does come up we can then get back in contact with people and kind of maintain those relationships and then let them know as and when it's ready or available for them to come and apply for mm-hmm. so sean do, do, do you find that something similar yeah, um, we're looking, when Laura mentioned, we're looking to the Blue Light Hub at West Ashlands in Milton Keynes mm. to put a Blue Light career fair on. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't we haven't been there yet. We are in, we are talking to CTP about their next career fair in Newbury. We want to, we want to be part of that. But um, I'm going to sort of echo what Laura said about service leavers. We had a really good new story from, again, somebody that was leaving the Royal Air Force in Bryce Norton. In one of our um, in one of our support roles as a driving instructor, he had the relevant LGV license, but obviously he didn't have the emergency fire driving experience or any of the teaching, or he had some teaching qualifications. And I think we took we took a little bit of a gamble. Well, I'll say we took a bit of a gamble because people frowned at me a little bit <laughs> as being the training manager, and I kind of mm. I'd done the odd sort of um, I'll just go for it and uh, <laughs> apologise later. Um, ethos but yes we started just putting him on a few courses and he still couldn't give us a definite leave date mm. but when he did finally leave i think it was about march time we'd actually got the the emergency fire um emergency fire driving um, skill done and a couple of kind of teaching qualifications as well so when he actually did leave thankfully he did join us and did take his qualifications <laughs> elsewhere but um yeah so that was that was a real good news story for us because like i said he he's not, i think i think it's a month it could be six weeks it could be eight weeks but you know we stuck with him um, and that went well for us brilliant so Stuart, do you have any similar stories to that or is it a bit more plain sailing for you i think we so we we participate in some of the um Triforce, Tri Blue Light Service careers mm-hmm. fairs some time ago now I've been to one but when the, the one I went to the thing I was really struck with was um, it ran very similar to the, the one that Laura described mm-hmm. and actually it was all the, the good thing like, for me was around almost like informal mentoring I don't think that's been mentioned yet so we oh, had because right. as an ex-service person myself I went along and, and there were some people there that kind of I think they could relate to that and actually we, we kind of kept in touch as they led through the um, application process so that's the you know, I'd echo what, what Laura and Sean have both said. I think they're a really, really valuable way of kind of just bridging that divide between the armed services and the blue light services. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's some real benefits. And, and yeah, the only thing I hadn't mentioned say, was mentoring, really, which I thought was really good. Okay, so so I think the general gist that I'm getting is that the, the earlier you can start making those relationships with those who are transitioning out, because they, they tend to tr- transition out with a two-year lead in, don't they? So they'll have that two years whereby they can do training, what have you. If, you. if you start to have those conversations with them as soon as you can, then you can hopefully track them and then they will be ready to, to come out and join you at the end of it. Finally, um, are there any, any other benefits that you think um, signing Elms Force's Covenant have had on your organisation and perhaps moving through the employer recognition scheme as well? So sort of any advice that you might like to pass on to our listeners? Anyone? I've, I've got a couple, Kate, if I, if I can. We, we've had a couple, obviously we've been a, um, a gold award holder for them, 
well, coming up to a year, not quite a year now, um, sort of nine months or so. And I've been to a number of events to network with other gold award holders I found really valuable just to, just to get gain their sort of insight into how they go about fulfilling their commitment, which is um, I found quite useful just to just to sort of compare notes, if you like, and think about other ways that we could support um, mm-hmm. the armed forces in our in our business. So that's that's one thing for me. The other thing really is the leadership challenges. So we use this as a massive, I suppose, almost like training tool, I suppose, really. So mm. we had um, the last Sandhurst leadership challenge, which wasn't, wasn't at Sandhurst, it was at Longmore. But Longmore. We, uh, we, I think we had four places, if I remember right, it was around about four. And we had some like 60 people apply to do that. Mm. Because I think everyone really recognised the fact that this is, you know, gold standard leadership training that you, you can't really get in the police or indeed probably anywhere else. Yeah. And actually it was really, really valuable. And the people that went on it, had a great time and really I think learned a lot about themselves and how they sort of tick and it was a really really good really really good event so that's the other thing um uh, I know the REF do one at Cranwell as well that um we Mm -hmm. we look to send people on as well so I think that really for me is um the two sort of big things. I think what's been really eye-opening for us as an organization when we initially signed the armed forces covenant and then we applied through um the employee recognition scheme awards it's actually brought a number of us together really well because there was lots of silo work that was happening within the organization and people weren't really aware of what other people were doing Mm. or how many people within the organization had forces backgrounds but by opening the doors and showing people that you are looking to commit and looking to support service leavers Mm. and um the forces community Mm. it really does bring together its own little community within the Mm -hmm. organization so we have a military champion network and anything that comes through we discuss within a team's channel but it really opens those connections and people are able to have conversations with Mm. other people and they may never have met if we hadn't have done that Mm. so I do think it really resonates within the organization actually that there's a a group of people Mm. that are there to be really passionate and really supportive and whilst it does take a little bit of work and you do have to put a lot of time into the application process and all of the work that you do do there's people there that that can help Mm. you so it doesn't Mm. always fall to one person yes there are lots of people there that then help you share the load Yes, and that, that's brilliant as well from the sustainability point of view as well, isn't it? That we, we don't lose that contact and that relationship if, if you have a team there. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Sean, have you found the same there? Yeah, Kate, for me, I think it's uh, there's, there's two things for me, really. Uh, the networking and events. So we're kind of, there's quite a buzz around the service around the uh, end of September, early October, mm-hmm. um, Longmore event. It's mm. quite a few people kind of, we have, you know, we, we have pushed it out there, you know, because mm-hmm. we kept looking and said there's still tickets. So trying to get people, you know, and, and groups of, you know, watches, being able to reward those that have been particular forward in driving the cadets, for instance, it's nice mm. to give them something back. Yes. But it, but it's definitely, as, as Laura said there, it's definitely, um, we have, we can, not, not a divide, but we have support staff and operational staff, and sometimes they work quite separately. And sometimes the op staff don't appreciate how much the support staff do to allow them to do their job. Mm. And by some of these initiatives that, that, we, that, we, that we're doing, we're making sure that we're not just putting them onto fire stations and say, firefighters, do you do this? You know, mm-hmm. we're asking people to support staff who are also lots of ex-veterans, um, sorry, mm. ex-forces in the support staff world. So we've got people working together from the upside of the support staff. Again, just so that it's just that realisation that, you know, that people are doing the same thing to support the armed forces community. Mm-hmm. 
That's brilliant. Of course, if it wasn't for the networking, the fact that where you were now part of the employer recognition scheme, you probably wouldn't have made the connections, would you, Sean, with Op Courage? No, not at all. No, I think it was it was because we'd signed the Armed Forces Covenant that the guys Berkshire NHS Op Courage they they contacted us because mm. we'd signed the Armed Forces Covenant because they could see that we were Armed Forces friendly mm-hmm. because they hadn't contacted us before then. So it seems like it's you know quite an, an obvious thing for them to do was to was to contact us to see you know how we how yeah. we could work together. So was that directly through a networking event or was that? Uh, no, no, that was me? that was that was one of the tills. Um, what well, Anthony, Anthony Cogson, who yeah. Um, so how did you actually meet Anthony? Just remind me. Uh, he he contacted our deputy chief officer, and then our right. dep obviously knew that I was the armed forces champion, um, and so he put me in contact with with well, with Tony. Mm-hmm. And that's how, we, that's how we had our first meeting. That's how the uh, walking centres evolved. Right. OK. So, Stuart, you, you mentioned about the fact that um, the networking was really useful with uh, making contacts throughout this other, this extended arms forces friendly family. Sean, have you found that that's been useful to um, the Fire and Rescue Service? Yeah, the evolution of, of the walking centres was actually through through networking. Somebody from Berkshire NHS, um, Op Courage, saw that Bucks Fire Rescue Service had signed the Armed Forces Covenant and were forces friendly, uh, contacted the uh, our Deputy Chief Officer Direct, who then the Deputy know that I was the Armed Forces Champion, put this chap on to me mm-hmm. for us for us to be able to have a meeting um, to discuss, you know, what we could do, what 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 a walking centre looked like, what is a walking centre, uh, and that's how we started the first one down in Marlow. Which is which is a fantastic event, aimed at those with complex mental health problems. So mm-hmm. it's not it's kind of it's a gateway for somebody coming through for that first. So it, it first it's not a social event as such. No, it's and it, and, that, and, it, and it can be quite frustrating because we we keep that directive of making sure it's not too loud and too crass mm-hmm. and too many people, and mm-hmm. we create that environment so when somebody does turn up, they do feel the ability to be able to walk in have a cup of tea, bake a sandwich, speak mm. to one of the guys and what courage and start them on that pathway. So yeah, it really is, it really is for those that, you know, are in need um, mm. and we create that environment for them. But yeah, it was a networking. It was literally that contact through, mm-hmm. through us advertising. We were forces friendly. That's why we were contacted by courage. So did you see there's any parallels between the, the fire service and the forces? Why do the fire station seem to lend themselves to this sort of event? So we, we we'd always what we what we do is we use the appliance base. So we'll take a fire engine out of a bay, put some tables in. It's a big high ceiling. It's big bay doors. It's very open. It's not mm-hmm. clinical. And you know, sort of being ex forces, it's. I know we don't. We're not trying to put people from the forces back into the forces, but to create mm-hmm. a friendly place, it's almost comparable to an old tank park, really. You mm-hmm. know, where people stand around and gather and and, and have a chat. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and there's and there's fire engines there as well so there's a focus if somebody yes. just wants to talk about something else they can it's the big open space with the doors wide open yeah so it's an open space open. and a safe space yeah yeah yes definitely. yeah so they don't yeah. feel confined no exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah so who, who, else, who else attends those events um so so we we always manage expectations so we have our partner in the two what the ones in Aylesbury and Marlow they're up courage and it's mm-hmm. a veterans community network in Milton Keynes but then we will kind of, we will have other partners. So we have SAFA, we have British Legion, um, Veterans Welfare, um, Poppy Factory, Dep- Department of Work and Pensions, Housing. 
Mm -hmm. I suppose the unfortunate thing is we don't guarantee each practitioner yeah. or partnership every month, unfortunately. It's just when and when and if they're available. But, but the you're basically able to there. cover all bases. Yeah, yeah. 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 Saffa, British Legion and Op Courage are mm -hmm. the constants, and then others will come and join us as well. Okay, so do you, have you found that's been really successful? Yeah, we, we, we count success of one person walking through the doors. Mm. We count success as the different statutory bodies and charities talking to each other and networking. You know, it, it is, like I said, it can be quite difficult because we want to shout it out of the rooftops. Mm -hmm. But, we, we, you know, it would, it would be remiss of us to, to go back to what we said we'd do and just to have a, and just to make it a breakfast club. There are, there's lots of breakfast clubs. There are lots of mm. places for ex-forces, forces personnel, you know, to go for that social side. We're just mm -hmm. offering that something else. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's brilliant. So I'd like to thank you for sharing some of the great work that you're doing on behalf of Defence, both as an employer of veterans, reservists, cadet force, adult volunteers, spouses and partners, and as a service provider signposting to partner agencies and veterans charities. Thank you, Sean Cunningham of Buckinghamshire Fire and Rescue Service, Laura Farrow of South Central Ambulance Service and Stuart Bosley of Thames Valley Police for joining us today in this podcast episode. Can I just ask, do you have any final comments you'd like to make, Laura? Thanks, Kate. Well, thank you for having us and thank you ever so much for, for the audience to listening. Um, I would just like to extend an opportunity for anybody to get in contact with me, really. If you'd like to have a chat about the work that we've done and how we started our journey and where we are now, please do drop me an email and um, we'll put that in the link. Thank you. Sean? No, Kate, uh, thanks for the opportunity to, uh, to, be able to ex express what we're doing uh, and how the Armed Forces Covenant has helped our organisation. Uh, and also thank you for your assistance in, in achieving the goal as well. It's very much appreciated. Uh, and like Laura, um, you know, it, it, can, it can seem quite daunting to sign the Armed Forces Covenant and you can get some, some feedback where people think there's going to be too much work, too much to do. Mm. Uh, I can guarantee there is a lot of work to do, but it's very rewarding. So again, please feel free to contact me if you want any assistance in signing the Armed Forces Covenant and working up to the Golden Ward. So you're saying the more you put in, the more you get out, I think. Absolutely. Lovely. Absolutely. And, and Stuart. Yeah, just to reiterate what Laura and Sean have both said, really, I um, really enjoyed chatting with everyone this afternoon. Thanks very much for inviting us to talk about it. And I think it's um, hopefully people will gain um, a benefit from listening to the podcast and, and also to reiterate the fact that if anyone wants support in their bids, um, and I can help at all, then please don't hesitate to get in touch. Yeah, thanks very much. Well, thank you very much for being with us today. For our listeners, as always, all relevant links will be in the episode bio. And don't forget, you can find all our previous Being Forces friendly podcast episodes on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to never miss out on an episode and keep up to date with any podcast news over the DRM social media channels. And goodbye. Make sure to never miss an episode by hitting the subscribe button. And if you have any questions for us or want to know more, you can always contact us on Twitter at DRM underscore support. Thank you very much for listening.